Today I get to visit with my good friend Julie Gibson and when you say good friend she's been my best man and she's also visited with me and traveled through Europe. Listen to this interview and many others at dalewileyshow.com and also like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. How did we meet Julie? We met at Bright Beginnings Daycare yes. back at Mizzou, the good old yes. days. Right. I was in law school, and, and you were an undergrad, and what happened then? And um, I think we we went out to, gosh, what was that country bar? Um, <laughs> we, we had... We, we had an employee's night out and had way too much fun <laughs> yes. at the yes. at the Silver Bullet. That's what it yes, was. That's right. Yes. After changing yes. diapers all day, then we went out <laughs> yes. to country dance. <laughs> Definitely, we changed diapers at a daycare that was run by a really amazing woman named Becky Clearwater, and she was so great because she had her own special needs child, and that definitely made a big influence on her way of treating everyone. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I learned so much from working with Becky and her daughter and just uh, the inclusion that um, went on so long ago was so... um, That was was not a known or regular word back then, but it definitely was a great beginning. Well, and at Great Beginnings, there were many kids with special needs that other daycares at the time would not um, have been able to, you know, take such great care of. Right, right. I mean, it was definitely a part of her plan, and definitely, you know, she had two kids. One of them was, um, was, you know, functioning normally, and then one had a lot of physical handicaps. Yes. Yeah. You know, even though yeah. now I, we would use different words for that, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, I, was, I almost corrected you, but I'll just let you say <laughs> well, it. Well, <laughs> that correct me. Tell me what the words would be now. Well, it wouldn't be, it definitely wouldn't be functioning normally for the other one. It would be functioning right. typically. And right. then it would be, you know, just differences, disabilities, more so than handicaps. But it's the same. Right. It's the same thing. We just have to be, <laughs> you know. We understand more now how exactly. words, how words mean more. Definitely they do, and we want to use the right words. And, you know, so we've done everything from work in a daycare to I was, a, I was you know, you were my best man at my thrown-together first wedding. And, oh, you know, that we was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're the female I, best man, you know, it was a great Deal. Very unusual wedding, and you know it was. And your wonderful mother, your wonderful mother, ran out and got me control top pantyhose <laughs> when mine ripped. And I'm pretty sure she hasn't had to do that for any other best man ever. But yeah, she did it. that's right. I've only had one other wedding, so I just thought <laughs> I'd do that. <laughs> well, I just mean any, any, and in, in probably anyone ever has yeah. ever had to do that for a best man. And so anyway. Let's go back and talk about what was fun about being in Mizzou and working there at Great Beginnings. And, you know, tell me about that, that experience because now you're a speech pathologist. And so, 
you know, I need help with my words, but, you know, we, yeah. <laughs> you know, tell I me about that. I'm sending you a bill after this, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a great time. I met so many um, great people working at Great Beginnings. There was, um, I mean, Susan was my lead teacher in the Red Room, and she was such right. an amazing, you know, she was the director and the teacher, and, um, you know, just, there were so many different cultures of people there from the different parents that came in and the different um, kids that came in and it was just a great experience that all the people that we met that I'm still friends with a lot of them and oh uh, yeah you know it was like it was the best possible place I could work for the couple years that I was there and you know we met friends and you know i Nannies and all kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We we had our fair share of crushes on the the parents that came in, didn't we? There were crushes to be had, and you know yeah. things to be acted on. But you know, additionally, yeah. it was just so fun, and I just feel like I met so many friends that are still friends of mine to this day. Yeah, good people. Like they were just good, solid good people it wasn't your typical college job right like this community of learning and i don't know support in so many ways like this, and you know for the reason job. that i chose to be there it was because yeah. i thought you know i looked at getting either a job as a teacher or as at a bar one or the other and i decided yeah. that it would be more fun to be a teacher because you get your weekends off well, I wanted to be a teacher or a doctor. Okay. Um, turn, turns out the pre-med thing took way more studying than I had right. the um, <laughs> motivation to do at that time. Right. Um, so I feel like speech pathologist kind of fell somewhere in between, but You're right. I was with you. I wanted to work with kids, and I also uh-huh. wanted to... Uh, not have to work on the weekend. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing. It's just like we really made a lot of like genuine friendships there that have lasted way beyond what you'd expect to for being there for two years like I was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how long I was there. Probably around the same amount of time, a little bit over, you know, overlapping. You were there first. Right. And then I came later, but yeah, it was a right. great job, great job. And I've worked, I've worked in some kind of child or educational setting since then. Yes. And so you've been a speech pathologist for what, like 20 years now? Oh, Dale, don't say that out loud. <laughs> I'm still only about 32 in my mind. And so, but that's another thing. It's like, you know, I was, I got to be involved in your life, and then you moved away for a while, and then when you came back, I was able to hook back up with you. That was so fun. Yes, I'll never forget that night in St. Louis when we reconnected. Gosh, I mean, after we had been to each other's weddings and been a huge, been on vacations together, been to Europe yeah. together, done so many, <laughs> so many great things together. And then just, you know, our lives went different ways. So it's so great to reconnect. That was like was, five years ago. 
something like that? That was actually more like eight years ago. It's it's amazing uh, how quickly time flies because I yeah. think that that was 2012 or 2013, and it's been a long time. And so we've gotten to know each other differently, and now we're all growing up and attempting adulthood. Yeah, we're still the same. We're still the same great beginnings teachers at exactly, heart. Exactly, <laughs> definitely, and still have the same attitude. Definitely, as, as terrible as that might be, you know, that's kind of fun. But so, in other words, tell me about your career. About my career. Well, not to brag, but I do have the best career. Oh wow. Ever. Yeah, well, it was, and it's been confirmed, it was um, like the, it was the only healthcare job, or no, it was the only non-IT job among like the top 10 best jobs this year. So I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, Yeah. every other job that was in the list was somehow IT related because that's where our world is going. Right. Um, But Speech pathologist, which is a pretty not well-known job, made the list because it is just—it's a great job. I love it. Well, you can work tell me what from, you do. I you can work from literally birth, like in, in the NICU when a baby is born. You can work with that population all the way up to hospice. Okay. When someone is um is you know on their their last days. Just uh-huh. making their lives better and more comfortable, and it's it's. I don't know any other job where that's an option, where you can do that kind of one-on-one care with someone throughout their entire life. It's a great job in any kind of setting, including now behind a computer screen. Who knew? Well, now and let's make sure to shout out your business because I think that you offer some services. And you know you're you're located near St. Louis, but let's go ahead and tell what the name is. Oh well, thanks. It's Inside Voice Speech Therapy Services. Okay. Where do you and serve? In, I serve. I'm I serve the Illinois area. You know, typically I'm in uh, Metro East St. Louis, which is actually okay. in Illinois. Um, right. But you know, typically I only work within an hour and a half of my home, but with the everything that's going on, I'm able to serve anyone in Illinois, which is pretty amazing. So we're oh, actually really? able to take kids off of waiting lists who've been on waiting lists in Chicago and things like that, waiting for services. Really? It's, How cool is that? Yeah, it is really cool. I mean, it's this, this, this virus is not fun, but it is opening up some opportunities and connections that were not there before. So that's pretty amazing. And that's part of the thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast is just see all the different places that life takes you. And, you know, when you're confined, you know, to a house, you know, it's just, it's a different world, but it's getting smaller in my opinion. I agree with that. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's wild. I'm connecting with people online you know i have my my cousin lives in scotland and we've talked more since this has happened than before you know so there's there's a lot of good connections being built out there definitely and you know so anyway one of the things that i wanted to make sure that we had time to talk about was Mm -hmm. the reaction that you and your family had to your brother's death and 
the deal was, what was that, five years ago now? How long ago was that? Um, yeah, no, I think more like three. Oh, okay. Well, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> your brother was a great guy, and tell me about him. He was a great guy. He, um, you know, I've been hesitant to talk about this because it's hard, um, right. but Ben, uh, my brother, was a big believer in, I don't know, things lining up uh-huh. and just going with it, right? right? So you and I have talked about doing this for a little bit and talking about it, and I wasn't ready, but when you said Friday, I'm like, okay, Friday is good. Saturday's his birthday, so maybe that's a sign. <laughs> yes. And then also, Dale, today is National Siblings Day, which, wow. you know, so, How you know, cool sometimes the stars align and you go, suck it up, get over <laughs> yes. your own, get over your own insecurities, and I talked to my mom and my sister, and they both said, you know what, he would want you to do this, he would want you to spread awareness, and just tell his story. So Yeah. Well, you know, so let's start by saying that this is your brother, Clayton, right? No, this is your brother, Ben. This is my brother, Ben, yes. Yes, yes Ben uh, was five years younger than me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And he, uh, he, he was born after... Um, a brother before him passed away of SIDS. Okay. And so that was always kind of a shadow on him, he always felt like. So that was always, I feel like he kind of started off in a dark way. Huh. Always, he, always, he always told us, I'm going to die young. I'm going to really? die young. Oh, always. From when he was like um, a teenager. Okay. And he would say, if you calculate the average of my brother, you know, the, his, the one who died when he was only right. nine months old, and my father and my grandfather, uh-huh. I'm going to die young. And we would just, we did, we blew it off, you know. Sure. But I think he took it pretty seriously. And yeah. he, lived his life, he lived his life that way, and he never passed up an opportunity to do something, which was, um, you know, good in some ways. There are many right. things in my life I never would have experienced had I not had been as a brother. Um, right. Good and bad, you know, but he just, he lived life to the fullest every single day. Absolutely, well, you no know, matter I got to know him a little bit. He was a very nice guy. I liked him a lot. Yeah. You know, but he fell into the opioid crisis. Is that what we say? I think so, yeah. I mean, he did. He was always wild, and I'm sure he did other drugs and things. Um, uh-huh. But uh, he fell into the opioid crisis, like many uh-huh. of his friends and many people that he, um, you know, that was kind of his lifestyle and he and I had some heart to hearts about it you know we uh-huh. were very open and very close and um we talked a and lot right in and, the same area too you know that's always nice yes yes <laughs> and so he, um and so he, yeah, died. He, thought, he he thought he was bigger than that he knew he was doing something he shouldn't Okay. Um, but he, because many of his friends died of heroin overdoses. I mean, okay. 
several, you know, more than the average bear. And he and I talked about it, and he, you know, he got on the couch with me and said, I will never let that happen to me. I know my limits. I know, you know, and it just, he thought he was bigger than that, as most people do, but it turns out he wasn't, and it was really, it was really heartbreaking, and, and, um, I think he would want people to know, you know, that, that no one is bigger than that, and it doesn't matter how safe you think you're being, or how, how much you think you know your limits, the fact is, is that it's, you're getting something from someone you don't know, something that's not regulated, and, you know, there was fentanyl, and, and that's what killed him, and, and it's yeah. just, I don't know, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, I know that he would want me to say that, and it's hard to say that, but that's the truth. It's kind of, of weird to see someone, you know, and I've got to know kind of everyone in your family. I really, I love your family, and, you know, your your mom and your your sister, you know, I've had you know, your brother, Clayton, I mean, yeah. you know, but the deal is that number one, Ben was a good guy, and he is the the perfect face for the problems that, you know, that this stuff has, you know, and just to see, you know, him be snuffed out when he clearly had so much to offer the world. Right. Just, it's really you know, it's kind of amazing. And then to think about the timing and everything else, it's really strange to see how everything lines up and there is a reason for this stuff. And even getting you to do a podcast, you know, and not roll your oh. eyes and everything else. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm rolling my eyes, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. can't see it. So anyway, it's like it's yeah. not happening. So. But, you know, that's part of why I just think it's so great, and talk about how your family has dealt with that situation. Well, first I want to go back to yes, because I jumped right into Ben was crazy and wild, and but he was also brilliant. I mean, he was the, he was a great guy. He was sure. the best. He was the best uncle to you know our kids. He was a family guy. He was. I mean, that's what's heartbreaking as well. He was a, he would have done anything for anybody, right. and he did. You know, he would, he would do just, when he, when he could, he was there and would give extravagant gifts and just do big surprises and, you know, do wonderful things for everyone. Right. And, and he was brilliant. I mean, he, he knew it. He knew it. He had the highest IQ out of all the siblings, and he would always <laughs> rub that in our faces, you know. And, uh, and it, I don't know, yeah, it's just, my family's reaction to it has been, um, I don't know, hard, very, very hard in the beginning. Um, it's, I don't know, yeah, you know, what do you say? It's it's awful, it's hard, it's um, been really hard on my mom, you know, she did everything, everything she could to keep this from happening, you right. know, and right. and it still happened. It didn't matter how much she helped him and, and supported him and was there for him. It didn't matter, you know, that, that his friends and other people around him became clean and sober. And, you know, everybody did everything they could. And I think there is a little bit of peace in that. But um, it's still just heartbreaking. And for me, it's the hardest to see my kids 
I mean, he okay. was a big, he was a really big part of our lives right before he passed. So it was very unexpected. He was sober and was doing great. He was doing amazing. He and my son had started a new business together and, you know, he was staying at my house and everything was wonderful. And so that was, yeah. that was a, a hard to see the kids have to go through that and then to have to explain to your children, which we didn't want to, they idolized him so much right. Sure. to have to tell them the truth about what happened yeah. um, because, because at first we didn't um, uh-huh. cause we didn't, we didn't want them to know. And yeah. then, um, you know, my son started having nightmares. If it could happen to uncle Ben, he, he could just randomly die. Why is that not going to uh-huh. happen to my mom? You know? Yeah. So then it got real, and then we had to tell them, well, mom doesn't do some of those things. You know, mom makes <laughs> <She> does. <laughs> doesn't always make great choices, but she doesn't make those choices. So that's not <laughs> going to happen to her. You know, so it's it's just been very eye opening, and it's it's definitely brought us closer. You know, we've we've right. bonded together through this. But well, and you guys were always close, so, so you know that's that's never yeah. been a question. You, know, you guys have always you know, stayed together close, and that's been great. But it is just amazing to see, you know, you know, because there was a day when you and I are always kind of jokingly texting or whatever, and I said something, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I didn't even realize that it was bad, and I realized, later on I just I'm like, I can't believe I just said that because it makes so much sense when I think about the fact that your family is still dealing with this stuff. Oh, I got overly sensitive on something. I don't remember what it was. Like, I think you yeah. had to rebel, but I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that was not cool. Yeah. You know, and that's part of why I just think that, you know, I just think that your family is handling it well. And I also think that getting on here and talking about it and spreading the news that you're not too big and just don't mess around with it. Just get away from yeah. it. Yeah. I think yes, um Yeah. <laughs> I mean I've been I've been sensitive because I um you know, the whole thing went around about um insulin versus um Narcan, you know, and mm-hmm. and um people that I love and people that know me would say things like these POS drug addicts can get right. that, you know, and it really hurt me because just because you get addicted to something that you can't control does not make you a bad person. And, you know, I, people make decisions every day that, that affect their lives, good or bad. And my brothers just happened to be one that was, you know, really bad. And he was born with genetics that really predisposed him to that. And you you don't have to be a bad person to become addicted to opioids or food or, you know, whatever it is that people are addicted to. And I, I would like, I don't know, I just would like people to understand that, that that's not, it's, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a failure. It's, it, it, it can happen and it's. And so now that you know what you know, what would you tell people about how to help their addiction or whatever, you know, you know, now's the time to take the floor and, you know, give your message about what you should do or not do. You know, I wish I knew the answer to that, Dale. I 
be a freaking billionaire, right? If I knew how to make people not not do that. Um, but there's no right answer. But my answer to that, along with everything else, is talk about it. You know, right. talk about it. If you're having problems, if something's going on, um, talk about it and be there for for someone. You know, like I don't know. In my experience punishing someone for for a hard time they're going through does not help them you know and maybe it does for some people maybe it does I don't know but for me I am so thankful that I had those open conversations with my brother I'm so thankful for that because it would have been much easier to pretend just pretend or put it away or put it aside and you know, my family was really trying hard to help him become part of the family again and, and you know, support him, but not support his habit and that kind of thing. And right. who knows? You know, there's no right answer, but my answer is to just talk about it and to get rid of some of that stigma of right. of, of opioids or, or drugs or whatever it is that's that's hurting you so much. You know, they're just people and they're dealing with their hurt and their anguish and they're looking for love and they're looking for it in in other ways so why don't we try to fill that cup with something positive and so they don't have to run to that you know be there even when they're at their lowest be there you know that's part of the deal is I just feel like you know I really think that, that he's a good example of just kind of explaining you know that could have a good business like he did and have all the things going right and still have an addiction. And I just yeah. that could be, you know, that just can't be stated any stronger than that. You know, there need it needs to be understood that this happens to everybody and you would have never guessed that he would have a problem with that. And he did. Right. He was, he was, a top salesman. He was doing great. He was you know, a really like, good guy. He was yeah. a really good guy. And, you and know, that, that he and I had that conversation, and that was part of it. In the beginning, when they're doing these things, it does make them better at their job. You know, yeah. it does. When you're doing it minimally, the problem is, is, is it doesn't stop there. You know, and yeah. I think that doctors are understanding that. But, it's hard to say stop doing what you're doing when what they're doing was working, you know? That's why these judges and, you know, these people are like, it's like it's it's helping them in the beginning, and their life is better in the beginning, but it doesn't stay that way. It doesn't for anyone, you know? It just, it spirals, and it's, it's, then it becomes a brain chemistry thing, you know, that even even if you know you're doing the wrong thing. It doesn't take long to have it have a really strong effect. And, you know, the ultimate thing is, you know, he was lost to the world forever for someone who would have been an awesome guy and had awesome success. And, you know, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, Just, so, yeah. He had so much to offer and his life was cut short and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so anyway... Let's spend a couple last minutes just taking some time to say, you know, I really want to say that you've always been a good friend to me, and, you know, you visited me during the strokes and everything, and that was nice. And, you know, I just think that, 
you know, I just think that everybody needs to know that there are always things to offer the world. And, you know, that's why I thought getting you on this podcast was so amazing, not knowing the timing of my call, you know. And, yeah. You know, and that's how I was able to get you to stop rolling your eyes and, you know, come on here and do this. You know, as corny as it sounds, it, that was Ben doing it. I mean, I, really I believe in that. <laughs> it is. But you can't, yeah, we couldn't have planned it. But, uh, you know, it's, but and you're, you're near and dear. No, we didn't plan it. You're <laughs> near and dear to my heart, Dale. And you know, you know, there's, there's a connection. We've been friends for so long and you've been so there for me and my family so much. So I appreciate that too. No, and that's why I just want to get you on today and let you tell this amazing part of the many, you know, adventures and stories and friends that I've made. There's none that I love any more than Julie Gibson. Oh, I love you too, Dale. So I know. All right. So anyway, let's not be all gushy, mushy, gushy. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to say? Anyway? You can tell I've been in isolation or I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dang right. It's not like you to hear all this. <laughs> no, no. I just, uh, I just, I'm glad to catch up with you. And I hope yes, that thing, life fun. is treating you well. Yeah. Yes. You know, the deal is I'm really determined to have the best possible turn of events, you know, and whatever can happen after a stroke, I'm making it for my benefit. You know, that's how I'm trying I'm very, to look at. Yeah, yeah, and someday I'm going to interview you about that, I think. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'd love to do that. I'll sit down and I'll only roll my eyes three times. <laughs> I would love, really, though, I would just love your perspective, your brain perspective. Well, then you can have it any time you want. So I All right. think this has been a great interview, and thank you so much for doing it, and there we are. There we are. Instead of ending there, I also want to add one more segment, and that was a conversation that I had this week with Travis Hughes. Travis loved being on the podcast and he wanted to be on again. And so here he is. How are you? Hello. It's all good, and I'm glad to get to talk to you again today. And so what's going on with you, Travis? Oh, nothing much. Well, you know, I want to talk about your parents and both of them dying, and I know that's been hard on you. So let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Okay. So tell me about that. How was that? Um, living with my parents was very fun. Okay. Very cool. And how about when they died? Was that hard for you? It was the hardest thing I ever went through. Really? And that's just been the last couple of years. Is that right? Yeah, last three years. And you have really enjoyed being on the podcast, is that right? Yes. Yes, okay. I really thought that I could get a feeling that you were really enjoying that. Did people reach out to you? Did they talk to you about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? That's so cool. And so anyway, that's why I wanted to have you back is I just knew how much you liked it. And so what else do you want to tell people? What do they need to know about you? 
Well, I'm a Christian and I follow God every day of my life. Okay, that is the great news. This is like amazing deal. Would you like it if we had you on the podcast every Friday for a little bit? Yes. yes. Would you like that? Would you, yes. That is awesome. I would like to do that for you definitely. And so let's plan that, and we'll just put on the calendar. That we'll, our call at Friday at 4 will be there. Is that okay. cool to you? Yeah. All right. Well, then let's do it. Is there anything else you want to say to the people? Just follow Christ and let him lead you in your life. Okay. Well, that is amazing, amazing advice, Travis. And, again, thank you so much for spending this Friday afternoon with me. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Bye. Another great Friday with Travis. Broadcasted on Saturday. And so there you go. And there it is for the Dale Wiley Show. Visit DaleWileyShow.com and also Please remember, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel.